Turning your Bibles to Genesis 19. Genesis 19. That's where we'll start. We're continuing, of course, our study of angels. And this, this is a hot topic. I mean, it, it, there's renewed interest in spirit beings. We hear about angels, first of all, in the Bible. In fact, I was, I was surprised. And I mean, I've, I've studied the Bible 30, I mean, maybe 40-something years. I've been in ministry 35 years. And I even I was surprised as I started keeping studying where I kept saying, they're over here, they're over here, they're over here, all the way through. But not only do we find them in the Bible, but... People are always talking about them in our culture and our society. We said there's over 265 references of angels in the Bible. They're there with the life of Christ. Uh, but in our world today, people want something supernatural. They want something different. They want something beyond. We already know that God puts eternity in our hearts. We know that from Ecclesiastes. But a lot of people, even though they have eternity in their heart, they want something else other than God and something other than a physical world. And so they begin to look to spirit things, and that's where you get the cults and the occult. And part of our study, and I, don't, I, I gave you the, the handout, uh, the outline, and I told you that the outline is in flux because as I continue to study, I'm going to change some things in the outline as we go through it. And any time I change the outline, I'll give you a new one. But we're going to talk about the cult the occult and the cults, and we're going to deal with that. We're going to talk about demon possession later on, and that's when we get on into another section. But there's a lot today. There's a lot dealing with the spirit world, and we said last time there's a lot of misinformation concerning spirit world. There are people all over. That, what's the saying that if a person dies, then what, what happens? They become a what? An angel. People say, well, you know, when people die, they become angels, and, you know, and they, they like float around and all that kind of stuff. Well, where do they get that kind of thing? They don't get it from the Bible. We saw last time an introduction to angels. We saw these spirit beings created by God. They're both good and bad. They both serve God in our opposition to God. In our lesson tonight, we're going to continue, see, continue seeing the nature of angels. We're going to talk about their existence. We're going to talk about their appearance, what angels look like, or their power, their place, their destiny. We'll also begin to look at the organization of angels that we can see in the Scripture. Scripture. So there's a lot of things like that. And so as we study, we're going to see what does the Bible say about angels? The nation of Israel, if you remember, they had a great king. His name was David. And then he had, after David, then Solomon came. And Solomon was a great king too. In fact, Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived, but he didn't, he didn't apply what he knew. And so he made a lot of mistakes, and when he died, the nation of Israel divided into two parts, and one became a northern kingdom, and the other became a southern kingdom, and the northern kingdom was called Israel, and the southern kingdom was called Judah, and the northern kingdom had a capital at Samaria, and the southern kingdom capital was in Jerusalem, and the northern kingdom never had a good king, no good Kings, meaning there were no kings that followed God, that actually believed. No good kings. The southern kingdom had some good kings. People like uh, Josiah and people like Hezekiah and the people like that. And so they had some good kings. The northern empire in 722 B.C., and I've talked about this, I think, last Sunday morning. In 722 B.C., the northern empire fell to the Assyrians. And when the Assyrians took over, they had already defeated uh, the other people, the, people, the Egyptians and everything. They decided to come and take the southern kingdom. And so they came down to the southern kingdom, and at that time, there was a prophet by the name of Isaiah, and there was a king named Hezekiah. And Hezekiah was a faithful man. He was one of the believing kings of the, the, the nation of Judah, as they called him. The king of Assyria sent his army, and they came right down to the city of Jerusalem and began to besiege it. And what they did is they sent a messenger to the wall. And the, the Jewish people were standing on the wall, and the messenger came up, and he said some really nasty things, things that I wouldn't be able to say in this room. I mean, I could say him, but you'd go, God gracious, you know, because he said some really, he said, here's what you will eat and here's what you will drink, and I'm not going to tell you what he said they would eat or drink. You can read it for yourself. He told them if they would just give up, that they wouldn't all be killed, and if they didn't give up, they would all be killed. And so Isaiah, uh, the king Hezekiah, sent word to Isaiah the prophet and said, this man has challenged us. What are we going to do? And Isaiah got the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord was, they will not come into this city. They will not even shoot an arrow into this city. They will go home. Now, why would they go home? Well, what happened is, in one night, one angel killed 185,000 Assyrian troops surrounding Jerusalem. And it says when they woke up that morning, 185,000 soldiers were dead. What do you think they did? They went home. 
and the Assyrians went back and never dealt with basically Judah again and it wasn't until about 100 years later that the Babylonians came in in 605 BC and captured the southern kingdom. So just, I want you to think about this. One angel killed 185,000 soldiers at one time. So God protected his people. So when we think about the power of an angel, when you think of an angel, what do you think of? Do you think of a cherub? And you say cherub, and you think of this little fat little thing like a little baby and usually got a little towel around, you know, and a little chubby face and maybe has an arrow and a little wings and they float around. That's not what a cherub looks like, by the way, when you look in the scripture. Or do you think, you realize that, do you think maybe that angels look like women? You know? Uh, we're going to realize that angels are very powerful. And when Jesus was arrested and Peter, you know, Peter pulled out his sword and was going to cut a guy and the guy named Malchus pulled away and cut off his right ear. And when he cut off his right ear, uh, Jesus said, put your sword up. And then he said, am I not going to do what I'm supposed to do? I, don't I have the, I could call, what, how many? Twelve legions of angels or 72,000 angels? Well, if one angel could kill 185,000 Assyrians, what do you think? 72,000 angels could do anyway. So, and we know there's a whole bunch of them. Well, this evening, we're going to continue looking at angels. And let me give you the outline that the last one I gave you, we just, we started with the, you don't have to turn to this, let me just talk about it. We started with the introduction of the spirit world and why study angels, and we looked at the existence of angels. We went to the Old Testament and the New Testament. We talked about the creation of angels. And tonight, we're actually going to get into the nature of angels. And then when we get through doing that, we're going to look at the organization of angels. And it may surprise you there are different groups, classifications, names, and even some, what I call some designations. And uh, so there's sort of so, some weird things. And so as we're looking at this, we've seen they're in the Old Testament, they're in the New Testament. And as I said a while ago, we're going to look at the nature of angels, which you'll, you'll see it under the existence, and then we'll see some other things as well, the appearance and the organization. So let's start. When we look at it, what, what I said a while ago, what do you think of when you think of an angel? I mean, if you said to your wife or to your girlfriend, you look like an angel. You know, we mean that to be great. But in reality, we're going to look at some angels in the Bible tonight. And you might look at them and go, oh, I don't think I want to call my wife that. Okay, so we want to look at this. So what we got, angels are, and if you want to start filling in, angels are spirit beings created by God. That's what's the most amazing thing. Gave a quote last week about that these spirit beings that were created by God to serve God. That's basically what they're all about. And when we look at angels, there are two big groups. What are the two big groups? Good angels and bad angels. And you can put by the good angels. Some of them call them elect angels. Some of them call them righteous angels. Sometimes they're called in the Bible holy angels. Sometimes they're actually called chosen angels. And then the other group is sometimes called evil. Sometimes they're called uh, demons. And so we got good and bad angels. And the Bible is filled with both of them. Now we talked about this last week. This room is filled with both of them. There is a spirit war going on that we can't even see. There are spirit beings in this room, probably both good and bad. And, and we can't see them. We don't know what's going on. Sometimes there's a manifestation of them in certain ways. Uh, we talked last week about people who have said that maybe they've seen an angel or maybe angel helped them. We've, I've, I, in my life, I've talked to a number of people who said that they were doing something, somebody helped them, and all of a sudden that person disappeared. They don't know where they went. And there was no way for them to go. And they thought maybe there was an angel. I told you that as a pastor, I've, that I've had uh, several times in which a person was uh, dying and I was in the room with them dying, that they looked at me and they looked up and said, I see the angels. I've had people say that. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say, no, you don't. You know, I'm gonna, <laughs> what do you say? Oh, you're crazy. You're dying. What do you think? No, but anyway, you know, the bottom line is they're, they're here. They're in this room. And we talked last week about a guardian angel. Is there such a thing? And Matthew talks about it. Are there angels that actually help? We know they help people if the, in uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, that angels are, are sent to be ministers, servants of those of us who inherit salvation. So all of us who are believers, the Bible actually says that God has angels to help us. Now whether there's guardian angels or not, there's something in Matthew that talks about how these angels and the children and whether that's every person or a child has a guardian angel or whether angels just come at certain times, we don't even know because the Bible just doesn't give us enough information. There are going to be 
some things that we talk about that we'll say, we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. that we, we can guess this. We can look at this. And then there'll be some things we can say, yeah, we really know. So let's start and let's look at the existence of angels. Let's look at what we call the nature of angels. And number one, put number one, the appearance of angels. What do they look like? We've seen the pictures. They're either beautiful women, they're either uh, little gentle uh, children looking things, they're little cupids. Uh, I still have that picture. I have a picture uh, as we go out, we go through our laundry room to go out to the garage. There's a little picture, and this picture of these two children, two, a little boy and a little girl, and they're walking on this bridge, and it looks kind of dangerous, and there's, a, there's an angel back there. Y'all know the picture? Y'all have seen the picture? Well, the angel doesn't look bad. The angel looks good, right? Looks pretty. Looks like a sweet person. And, and But what do angels really look like? Are they little cupids looking things? What are they? They are spirit beings and they can take different forms. So let's look at it. Let's look at Genesis 19 for a second. Look what this says. Genesis 19. This is, this is Lot. Uh, if you remember, and let me erase this for a minute. Abraham uh, left the Ur of the Chaldees and came to the land, what we call Israel. And God told him he could have all the land. And he had his nephew Lot, and, and Lot's people and his people kept getting arguments. So Abraham said to Lot, you just look, you, you pick out anywhere you want to go. And if you go that way, I'll go this way. If you go that way, I'll go this way. So Lot picked the well-watered plains of the Jordan, which was where a city called Sodom and Gomorrah, two cities were there. And so he went to live there. It was one of the most evil places on the face of the earth. And, but it was a very wealthy place. So he went there. While he's there, God is going to protect him because... Uh, Two angels and the Lord himself came to Abraham and told them they were going to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham began to bargain with God and said, well, if there were 50 righteous people, would you still destroy it? And God said, no. How about 45? No. 40? How about 30? How about 25? How about 15? He got it all the way down to 10. And God said, if there are 10 righteous people in the city, I will not destroy it. There weren't 10 righteous people. Now, righteousness in the Old Testament meant believers. Okay, And there was a guy in that town named Lot, and he had a wife, and he had two daughters. And these angels came, and since Lot was related to Abraham, the angels came to save Lot and his family. Notice 19, chapter, one, chapter 19, verse 1. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the, in the evening as Lot was sitting at the, at the gate of Sodom. Now, you know what that means? What does it mean to sit at the gate? Do you think he just went out to the edge of the gate and said, oh, we'll just sit here and smoke a cigarette? No, what do you think that meant? <laughs> what does it mean to be at the gate of a city? He was Place in leadership. He's in leadership in the most wicked city in, in the world. And he saw, he saw these two men. But it says, two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate. And Lot saw them and rose to meet them, bowed to the ground. He said, now behold, my lords, please turn aside and your servants out. Spend the night, wash your feet. They got feet. What do they look like? They look like people. They're just like regular people there. And he says, and then you can wash your feet and you can go your way. And of course, then something really bad stuff happens. I don't even want to talk about it. The people come surround the... the Y'all know what happened. The, the, the men of the city surrounded it and wanted to have sex with these men. I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible thing. And so it says that these angels, because it keeps calling them angels, and it said, get your family, get out of here, and leave as quickly as you can. The morning came, the angels, this is verse 15, when morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, get up, take your wife, your daughters, get out of here. He hesitated, they took him by the hand and they got him out. And so what we see is these angels, what do they look like? They look like two men. Do you remember we started the study last week? Do you remember the verse from Hebrews? What did it say? Be careful to treat people with all hospitality because sometimes people unaware have entertained what? angels. You may have helped somebody out one time and you didn't know it, but you were helping an angel or you were with an angel and you didn't know it. And so it looked like two people. What did Satan look like when he came uh, to Adam and Eve in the garden? What did he look like? Well, he looked, came as a snake, didn't he? Now, did he slither up? No, because snakes didn't slither on the ground then. That's part of the curse. No telling what he looked like. And I always remark and say, when Satan, as a serpent, talked to Eve, she didn't seem surprised that the snake talked to her. 
She didn't go, what in the world? I've never heard an animal talk. I don't know. I'm just telling you. Can uh, angels, you know, you remember when Jesus saw this man and saw this man and this man was in the tombstone out in the graves where all the graves were and they, they chained him but they couldn't chain him because he'd break them off and he'd run around with no clothes on and cut himself and scream and holler and when he saw Jesus, or when Jesus saw him, he came running up and inside of him were many what? Demons, and they even called their name Legion because there were so many of them. What did they look like? We don't know because when they came out, where'd they go? Went into the pigs. We don't know what happened to them. I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 6. Now, I said last week the one negative of a study like this is you got turned to a lot of places. So sort of get ready to turn because you need to see some of these neat things. I want you to see Isaiah chapter 6. I want you to see some angels. And tell me, what do they look like? Okay, Isaiah chapter 6. If you, if you try to get the middle of the Old Testament, there's, if you get Proverbs and Psalms, and then, uh, and then there's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. So this is uh, Isaiah chapter 6. You ready? Verse 1. In the year of King Uzziah's death. Now the, the, Isaiah's writing this. He said, the year King Uzziah died. By the way, Uzziah was a good king. I saw the Lord. Have you, have any of y'all ever seen the Lord? Any of y'all seen the Lord? I haven't, I haven't seen him. I mean, I might have had a dream and thought what I looked like, what he looked like, or something. But I'm not. But uh, Isaiah saw the Lord sitting on a throne. I wonder where he saw him sitting on the throne. Where would he be? In heaven. Yeah. And look what it says: lofty and exalted, and the train of his robe was filling the temple. Now, what's this? What's a seraphim? It's it's a, it's an angel. Seraphim stood above him, each having what? Six wings, with two they covered his face, with two they covered his feet, and with two he flew. That's a, now, this angel has six wings, and they flap around, and them they fly, and they cover, and they do these kind of things. And what are they doing? They're calling out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the whole earth is full of his glory. But, so there's an angel that's got six wings that flies around, okay? Uh, how about Ezekiel? Flip over to Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and turn over to Ezekiel chapter 1, okay? And on my handout, it has 1, 15, and 16. It really just put 1, 5 through 11, okay? Just put that down. I want you to know that we typed this up. We're trying to get this done, and so there's going to be some errors, and there's some mistakes in this handout, and we're going to correct them so that the next time we ever teach this class, it, it'll be, you know, we'll, we, we always usually do that. So turn to Ezekiel chapter 1. Now, Ezekiel's pretty amazing. He was out by a river, and he saw something, and he looked up, and he saw something coming out of the clouds. And he's going to describe it, and it was God coming to meet with him. And listen to what it says. I looked and behold a storm wind was coming from the north. That's verse 4. I looked and behold a storm wind was coming from the north. A great cloud with fire flashing and forth continually and bright lights about it. And its mist looks like glowing metal. You know what some people say this is? He saw a spaceship. He saw somebody from outer space. That's what some people say. But look what the next part says. Within it were figures resembling four living beings. What do you think they were? Angels. And their appearance, they had human form. Each of them had four faces and four wings. Okay, they have four faces and four wings. What are these? They're some kind of angels. Their legs were straight. Their feet were like calves. So if they, they gleamed like burnished bronze. Look what verse 8 says. Under their wings and on their four sides were human hands. <laughs> Can you picture this so far? <laughs> And of their faces and the wings that were for them, their wings touched one another. Things that, and, it goes, and, then, and then it says, one had the face of a lion and the face of a man and the face of a bull and, and the face of an eagle. And, and all that. this is what these look like. They're angels. Okay? You're in Ezekiel. Turn to Daniel. That's the next book. And look what an angel looks like when Daniel sees an angel. Turn to uh, Daniel chapter 10. He's by the river, the Tigris River. And verse 5 of Daniel 10 says, 
I lifted up my eyes and looked, and there was a certain man dressed in linen whose waist was girded with a belt of pure, pure gold. His body was like beryl. His face had the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and feet were like, like the gleam of polished bronze and the sound of his words like the sound of a tumult. Who is this? This is an angel. So the angel looked like what? Like lightning is what he says. Like lightning. How about Matthew? Flip over to Matthew 28. Verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. Just as after Jesus died and rose again, he's already ascended. I mean, he's already uh, risen from the dead. It's the first day of the week. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. Why? For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. Now, stones are not, the stones that you put in those grave things, they're not little bitty stones. In fact, you remember the ladies were coming and they were going, who can help us with, a, you know, get enough people to roll the stone away so we can go in there and anoint the body of Jesus? But an angel came and did it. But look at the appearance. And his appearance was like lightning. And his clothing as white as snow. So his clothes as white as snow. In one of the places in Ezekiel, not only do they have wings, but underneath their wings are covered with eyes. So, if you want to say to somebody, you look like an angel, you might want to reconsider that, because it's pretty weird looking. They can look like people. Uh, they can shine brightly. They have wings. They can fly. Wow. Well, let me just say this. The best that I can find, I can't find anywhere in the Scripture that an angel is described as a female. There's one place that there's a... And, it's, and I'm trying to think of which book it's in. I'm thinking it's in uh, Jeremiah, but there's a place that there's this basket, and the top of the basket comes off, and this being comes out with wings and flies, but it says it looks like a woman. And some say that's an angel. And if that is an angel, that's the only place that I can find in Scripture that an angel is described as a woman. When the angels were at the tomb of Jesus and, and they looked and the women looked in and there was angel at the hip, it was two men. When, when Jesus ascended into heaven, there was a guy, angel, standing there. So most every time, most every time that I can find, they're, they're usually described in a masculine form. Okay, let's look at uh, the power. Number two, the power of angels. The power of angels. There more power. Can you imagine? One angel killed what? 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. An angel moved the stone away. In Matthew, uh, Matthew uh, 28, verse 2, it said that angel came and moved the stone away. They got a lot of power. Some people say that the, going through Egypt the night that the firstborn were killed, it was the angel of the Lord, the angel of death. Most believe it was actually the Lord there and not an angel. I just wanted to bring that out. That's why I put e angel of death. Uh, when they appear to people, what happens to people when they appear? They're, they're always afraid. I mean, they are afraid. When, when the angel appeared to Mary, she was afraid. He said, do not be afraid. When the angel appeared to Zacharias, they would not be afraid. When the angel appeared to Daniel, he actually fainted, and one of the angels had to kind of pick him up and give him strength. When the angels appeared to the shepherds, they said to the shepherds, do not be what? Fear not, for today I bring you good news of great joy to all people. The Roman guards. You're, are you still in Matthew? Look at Matthew, it says, verse 3 again, and his appearance was like lightning, and his clothes as white as snow. The guards, Roman guards, shook for fear of him and became like dead men. What does that mean? They passed out. I mean, Mary didn't pass out when Gabriel came, but these, maybe, who knows? Who knows? People talk about binding Satan. Don't even talk like that. This being is so much more powerful than we are. You don't want to say, I'm going to go bind Satan. I remember I, remember I spoke one night at a, at a campus organization. And before I spoke, there was a group singing. And the song they sang right before I got up was, we're going to stomp, stomp. This is the song they sang. We're going to stomp, stomp, stomp all over the devil. And my mind was saying, please stay away from him. He's evil. He's angry. 
He hates you. You're not going to stomp all over. And the Bible never says go after Satan. It says draw near to God, put on the armor of God, and stand. It doesn't say go after him. Angelic beings, whether they're the evil ones or even the good ones, are so much more powerful than we are. We just don't want to think about it that way. So when you think about power, uh, there are amazing beings and what they can do. So draw near to God, put on the armor of God, don't go after the devil or his angels. The third thing. Where's the place of the angels? The third is the place of the angels. Where do they live? Where do angels live? They're servants of God, and the best we can find is, is their original place was in the heavens. Now, we said that whenever you look in the Bible, it'll always say heavenly places or in the heavenlies. It's always plural. Heaven is always plural, and the best we can find from the Scripture, there are three heavens. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians. There are three heavens. There is what, what, what Paul calls it the third heaven. And then there's a second heaven, which if there's a third heaven, there's probably a what? A second heaven. And then there's probably a first heaven, okay, best we can tell. First heaven seems to be the atmosphere, and that's where we dwell. The second heaven seems to be the dwelling place of the angels. And the third heaven is the dwelling place of God. And he has a throne, and he's up there. And angels can go in and out, but we don't think they actually live there, okay? So when we talk about where do angels live, if, if we're going to try to get maybe biblical on it, we'd say probably they live in the second heavens. Okay, First heavens is our atmosphere of our world. Second heavens is where these angels dwell, which we have no idea how all this fits together. And the third heaven where Paul says, I was caught up in the third heavens and I saw things I'm not supposed to talk about. What I think Paul saw, I don't know if y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Paul writes and says he was caught up into the third heavens Third heaven, and he talked. He saw things that God revealed to him that he wasn't allowed to tell. And what I think he saw was what John saw in the book of Revelation later on. And it wasn't Paul's job to tell it. It was John's job to tell it. I think he saw some of these amazing things in the heavenly places. Don't, now, don't, don't angels stay what the ones around the throne definitely do, don't they? Because we're going to get to it a little bit later on when they talk about what do they do. But they're saying, they're saying all the time, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, holy, holy. They're saying it all the time. And, and, and when we start looking at it, there seems to be angels always around the throne of God. I mean, we've got to think about this. They're not like us. They don't go... Oh, it's 5.30. I'm going home, you know, and go rest. They don't ever stop. I mean, they're not those kind of beings. They, they don't get tired in that sense. They're, men, they're messengers of God. So there's some angels that are always around the throne, always saying, holy, holy, holy. They're, they're all kind of things that they do. We know that angels go back and forth to God. We, we're going to see it later on, how in the book of Job, Satan, who, do, who no longer, he, as was the time, he seemed to have been at the throne of God. He no longer had has that, that, that there, but he goes up to God and accuses us. He accuses us. Now, let me tell you, when he accuses me, he's telling the truth. Now, he may make up lies, but if he says J.B.'s a sinner, he's exactly right. Right? But we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The word advocate means lawyer, defense attorney. So when Satan goes and accuses us, Jesus says, you can sit down and leave because I've already paid for their sins. It's already taken care of. He's our lawyer. So that's what it says. So it's beautiful stuff. Okay, now, so the third one is, the where are these things? Look at Revelation. And as Tom just pointed out, look at Revelation chapter 4. In Isaiah, we've already seen that, that they were there going, holy, holy, holy. And look at Revelation chapter 4. This is up in the throne. John was taken off the earth, spirit-wise, and taken, and he saw this throne with 24 elders around it and all this stuff. And then look at verse 5. Out from the throne came flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder, and there was the seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which is the seven spirits of God. And we all go, I don't know what that's talking about. But it's saying somehow the Holy Spirit is in seven aspects of the Holy Spirit there. And it says, and before the throne was like to see a glass... And there were four living creatures. What? Full of what? Eyes. What do you think they look like? They're full of what? Eyes. They're just a bunch of eyes. And there's creatures with eyes all over them. And the first creature was like a lion. And the second was like a calf. And the third was like a face of a man. And the fourth was like an eagle. And these four creatures, what were they doing? They had six wings. What does that make you think they were? 
seraphim. That's probably because seraphim seem to have six wings and their eyes all around and day and night. What did Tom say? Well, they go to their focused day and night. They do not cease to say what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty who is, who was, and who is, and who is to come. Past, present, and future. And these living creatures give glory and honor to God. And so we see these, these beings. What do they look like? This being, would you, I mean, if you saw this being, would you go, oh, that's beautiful. You'd go, it's got six wings. It's got eyes everywhere. It's, I don't even, it, one of them looks like a cow. And one of them looks like a person. One of them looks like an eagle. What, 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 I don't understand this. That's what you say. Some say they're almost a, a, a representation of Jesus Christ. The eagle is God, and the calf is the servant, and you know the the man is the man. And I'm, you know, that's what some people want to say when they see it, the calf and the creature like a man and the flying eagle and all those kind of things. So there's uh, all kind of stuff. So now, Gabriel, and you don't have to turn there, but in Luke one, actually tells Zacharias that he stands in the presence of God. So there's some angels that can go and be with God and stand there. And God sends them to do things and tells them what to do. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul says, if I or an angel out of heaven gives you a different message, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. So when we think about it there at the throne of God, that Gabriel says this. Now let's talk about this. This is all good angels, right? And maybe some bad angels too, okay? But let's talk about something you may have never thought about. And that's one reason I love this class. I can hardly wait to think of some of these things. Where do the evil angels live? Well, they live in the heavenlies. If you want to write out beside that right there, write Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against world forces of darkness, spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. The heavenlies. That's where they are. But did you know, and if you just want to write it down, in Revelation chapter 9, there is some angels in a big old hole called an abyss. Just write down Revelation 9, 1 through 11, if you just want to write it. We're not going to take the time to look at every verse because it would take us forever. Okay, Revelation 9, there are some angels right now in a big old hole. And one of them is called the ruler of of the abyss, and his name is called Apollon, which means uh, destroyer. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Now, the last one is the one I want you to see that you may have never heard of. Let me show you something real quickly. I hope everybody can see this. I'll draw big. Since I was an art major, I'm an art major, of course. Yeah. We already know from Luke chapter 16, that there's a place in the heart of the earth. The Old Testament was called Sheol. New Testament calls it Hades. This is not hell. This is not the lake of fire. It's in the heart of the earth. There's a big gulf. On one side used to be called Abraham's bosom or paradise. On the other side, we call it torments. Okay? This is in Luke 16. Jesus talked about this. What we know is before Jesus died and rose again, believers went to Abraham's bosom or paradise, but after Jesus died and rose again, he took the believers with him, and now they're up with him in heaven, and so to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Unbelievers still go, when they die, they still go to the heart of the earth to the place called torment, so you can study that sometime. But what there seems to be, now this is going to sound weird to you, there seems to be a place in torments called Tartarus. I have it written for you there. And it seems to be a place that some evil angels are kept. Okay? Do you remember when Jesus would see angels sometimes? The bad angels, the demons, they would say, What do you have to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come to judge us before our time? There's some angels in this place called Tartarus that are waiting to be judged. I want you to see something. Turn your, your word. Revelation, turn to Jude. That's, the next, that's really right in front of it. Jude verse 6. Everybody there? Jude verse 6. Look what it says. And angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he, referring to God, 
has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Now, he said there's some angels that did something wrong. And where are they kept? In some place where it says kept in eternal bonds under darkness. What's the heart of the earth called? The dark place. So some people say, okay, now we're not through. Because you say, well, if that's the only verse you got, that ain't going to help us. Okay, well, there's more. Okay, now turn to Second Peter chapter 2. Just a little bit back in the front of your Bible. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, some angels sinned. Then we already know that there was a rebellion with Lucifer and angels. But he's not talking about that rebellion and that sin. There's some angels that did some sin. Look what he says. And if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into... Now, you're going to look at that and you're going to say, Hell, the word is not hell. The word, the Greek word is Tartarus. And it does not mean the lake of fire. It means a compartment. It means a place. Cast them into Tartarus and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for what? For what? A judgment. So this place is called Tartarus. Now we got one more. Okay, you got one more. And I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. And this might surprise you. You may have heard of this. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Look what he says. For Christ also died for sins, what? Once for all, that's it. The just for the unjust, that's us. So that he might bring us to God, having put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. In which also he, who? Who's he? Who's he talking about? Christ. Christ went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison. What spirits? What's the spirits? Angels. What prison? Probably Tartarus. Watch what it says. They were once disobedient. We said there's some angels that did something wrong. They were disobedient and apparently there were some angels that did something wrong and God has reserved them in this place called Tartarus. Look what it says. Who were once disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah during the construction of the ark in which that is eight persons were brought safely through. It appears that some angels did something wrong in the days of who? Noah. Noah. Now, just, we're not going to go into details and all that, but if you want to, do what? First Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. We're not going to go into the details, but if you want to look it up, sometimes go back to Genesis chapter 6. And you see where it says, the sons of God took the daughters of men. And we talked last week that the sons of God is a reference for who? Angels, yes. And so it seems to be around the time of Noah, some angels did something really bad. And God took those angels and put them in here for a special time of judgment. So I just wanted you to see that because most people have never even thought about that. So when we say, where do angels live? Well, some of them live in the heavenly places and some of them live... Uh, in a big abyss, but some of them live in Tartarus. Yes? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think they were bad angels. Yeah. Because what they did would not be what good angels would do. Best we can tell. Now, when angels fail, you know that they were confirmed in their state. So the angels that fail, they're always going to be the evil angels. And the angels that didn't fall, they're going to always be confirmed in their righteousness. They don't change. Okay. Yes? That's exactly what I think. You're exactly right. He, he's bringing up the Genesis 6 seems to indicate that some angels took the form of men and had sexual relations with people and tried to pollute 
the, the, the human race. And it says they had offspring, mighty men of renown called Nephilim, which were giants in those days. And what I think these angels were trying to do under Satan's plan was to pollute the human race so there could not be a true Messiah come. Now, I didn't want to get into all that because it's kind of a hard thing, but that's what some people believe. I actually believe that's what happened, and I think God took those angels and locked them up right there till the day of judgment. So that's kind of a wild story. A lot of people look at it and they go, ah, it's not true. Well, I don't know what else it could be because when you read Second Peter and Jude and Genesis 6, it all fits together because it says at the time of Noah. Yes? So were No, that's a different group. These, these all died in the flood. Because you remember, none of these made it through the flood. Only Noah and his wife and their three, his three sons and their three wives, only eight people made it through. And so we started over the human race with those eight people. The Nephilim that is mentioned in David's time is just real big people. Like Goliath, nine feet, nine inches tall. Okay, now we better, we better go a little faster. I'm going too slow. Okay, um... um Number four, the destiny of angels. We understand the angels, uh, you know, they're created, they do not reproduce. So what's going to happen? They will be judged. Number one, good angels, good angels, they will be judged by mankind. First Corinthians 6, verses 2 and 3, where Paul says, will we not judge angels? Now, it may even be we judge bad angels. I just know that angels were going to be judged by human beings, which is amazing when you think that God, we talked about this last time, there's God. And then there's angels, and then there's people, and then there's animals. And God actually says these people who are under angels, because it says God made man a little lower than the angels, we're actually going to judge the angels. We're going to talk about it in some, some weeks to come. Why in the world did God not provide salvation for angels when he provided for people. We'll talk more about it. So, good angels. You don't have to turn over there, but in Revelation 5, 11 through 14, the good angels are going to be with Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever and praise him. That's what Revelation 5, 11 through 19. Where are the bad angels going to be? Matthew 25, verse 41. What does it say? They're going to be where? Where are the bad angels going to be? Lake of fire. That's what that says. The lake of fire was, pre was prepared for the devil and his angels. When people say, hey, uh, these people are going to all go to hell. They're going to go to the lake of fire. It was never designed for people. The lake of fire was designed for the devil and his angels. Do what? Say that again. Oh, yes. Yeah, a lot of people would say today, oh, yeah, well, uh, this is hell. But it's not hell. Lake of Fire and Sheol and Hades are two different things in the Bible. They're not the same place. The eternal separation place from God is not in the middle of the earth. He's going to make a new heavens and a new earth. It's not even the same place. So it's not, it's not where it is. Luke 16, sometime read that, look at it, you'll get some good stuff. All right, let's do quickly. Let me just look at time. Oh, my gosh. Let's go. Organization of angels. Let's go. We're going to look at four things. Number one, I'm going to write them down. I'm going to tell them to you. You write them down quickly. Number one, we're going to look at groups of angels. We're going to look at classifications. That's B, classifications of angels. Some of this we won't be able to go into all the details. Some of it you can just look up yourself. C, we're going to look at names of angels. And D, we're going to look at special designations of angels, which you may be surprised. Group, classification, names, and designations. And if you see A, there's groups. When you think about angels, Old Testament, New Testament, they all mean messengers. The Old Testament uh, uh, word for angel meant is spirit or breath, or it has an idea of a spirit being, okay? The New Testament word all, all, all is angelos, and it means a messenger. So they're groups of angels. Job 1.6, they're called sons of God. I know that sounds a little bit weird. That's in the Old Testament. Old Testament angels, Job 1.6, are called sons of God. If you go to the top of the next page, Psalm 103, they're called the host of God. It'll say, the heavenly host, or God's host, are coming with the host of God. That's angels. 
And then in Psalm 8, 89, 6, and 7, it talks about the angels are holy angels. Holy angels. Now, when we divide them up, and we've talked about this over and over, they're two big groups, right? They're angels, which are the good angels, which are called elect angels. If you want to, just write down 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 21. That's where they're called elect angels. And also write down Mark 8, verse 38. Mark 8, verse 38, where they're called holy ones. So that's the good angels. They're called elect angels. They're called chosen angels. They're called holy ones. Then, of course, demons. There's some, we call them bad angels. We call them evil angels. They're called unclean spirits. Uh, there's all kind of different names. Now, by the way, quickly, just, how did it come? How there, was there a division of angels? Huh? Okay, so what, and we're going to go into detail on this about lesson five. But there was an angel named Lucifer who rebelled against God. And when he rebelled, some other angels who have free will, they fell with him. And so you've got a host of beings led by Satan himself, Lucifer. And we'll talk more about it all later. He controls and rules angels that are in opposition to God and opposition to us. And so you have that division. I have for you there the story of the Bible. We know the story of the Bible is what? What is the story of the Bible? Perfect God brings sinful man back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. You know, if you've been in our church very long, you know that. Sometimes people say, story of the Bible, it's, well, I don't know. The story of the Bible is how a perfect God brings sinful man back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. Notice I put, there is no salvation for the fallen angels. There is none. God did not provide a Savior. God did not provide a Savior for the angels. Now let me read something to you. If you just just mark out beside Hebrews 2:16 and 17, Jesus became a person to save people. That's what just right out there because Hebrews actually says he did not give help to angels, but to the descendants of Abraham. He was made like his brethren in all things. He became Jesus became a person to die for who? People. He didn't become an angel to die for Angels, he didn't do it. That's not the plan. Now, there's one famous verse in, that, in James chapter 2, verse 19. It says, even the, even the demons believe and, anybody know what it says? Tremble. It says, even the demons believe and tremble. Why do they tremble? Now, let me ask you a question. Could a, do, let me ask you this, demon. I can't throw it out. Okay, Demon. They believe. Do they? Could a demon believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, died and rose again, and paid for the sins of mankind? Could a demon believe that? Yes. Could a demon actually say, "I'd like to trust Jesus as Savior"? No. They can, but but they can't trust Him as Savior. Why? He's not their Savior. He didn't die for them. So when a demon. They see Jesus, they know exactly who he is. They sell him the Son of God. They say, O Son of God, if you come to judge him before time, they know exactly who he is. He is God who is the Savior of mankind. And that's why the demons believe and what? Tremble because he is not their Savior. He is their what? He's their judge. And so when you read that verse and people get all bent out of shape and say, well, they don't believe the right way, there is no salvation for them. They already believe that Jesus Christ is God and that He's the Son of God and that He's the Savior of the world. They're angels. They're not of this world in that sense. Let's get some classifications, okay? We'll go quickly through this. Number one is the archangel, okay? The archangel. And that's the most powerful of all angels. Now, do you know an angel that's the archangel? Do you know his name? Michael. His name's Michael. We'll get more to him in just a minute. But an archangel is the highest ranking angel. If you want to, just put Jude verse 9 beside that. He's called the fighter of Israel. Let me read something to you. This is in 1 Thessalonians. You've heard me say this many, many times. When Jesus Christ comes in the clouds to get us, we call that the what? The rapture. What's going to happen? Listen to this. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven... With a shout, with the voice of the archangel. archangel. What's he going to say? We're coming. We're coming. What do you think? I don't know what he's going to say. But that's who he is. He, 
Huh? Yeah, wake up. I'm coming. That's who he is. And so that's him. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, if you want to put that out. So there's uh, archangels. Now, number two, if you turn to page 5, you notice we've got some mistakes there. The 2 and 3 are too, too close together. We, we, just, well, we just tried to get this out when we tried to get it out. So we're going to correct it all later. But just put in by number 2, put in princes. Princes. And that's the chief Angels, that's found in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. Sometimes they're called ruling angels. Sometimes they're called princes. They seem to be superior because of their position. You could, yeah, you could put, yeah, chief princes could be a thing you could put down. Um, yeah, Daniel 10, what, 13? Did I say? Okay. Then number three, let me give you number three. There's, one, there's a group of angels that are called rulers. It's uh, found in Ephesians 1.21. And Ephesians 6, 12, and even 1 Peter 3. They're, they're there, and they're called rulers. It seemed to be a subset of angels that have some responsibility. The Bible doesn't tell us. It just gives us a name, gives us a classification. What? What was those Bible verses on number three? Ephesians 1, 21, Ephesians 6:12. And then if you want to put 1 Peter 3 down, you can. There's, there's a lot of verses, so I don't want to give you all the verses. Okay, then there's the number four is what we call living creatures. Living creatures. Let me read this to you just so you get it. These are the ones that are around the throne. In chapter 4 of Revelation, verse 6, and there, there was these living creatures full of eyes, front and behind. This is the ones that look like a cow and look like a man and look like a... We, we don't know. We just know they're called living creatures. That's all we know. We don't know. Somebody could say, well, could, could they be a, a cherubim? Could they be a, a seraphim? Well, we, it doesn't call them that. It calls them living creatures. We don't know. Number five is cherubim. Now, cherubim, by the way, in Hebrew, to make something plural, you put O-M or I-O-M on it. Like El is singular for God and Elohim is plural for God. And cherub is singular and cherubim is plural. So there are cherubim, they're, they're at the throne of God, they're on the ark of God, they're the protectors of God. We think they're little cute things, but a cherub is not cute. It is not little, it is powerful, has wings. Uh, the, on the ark of the covenant, those angels with the wings coming over like this, those are cherub, those are cherubim. Satan was called the anointed cherub, Ezekiel 28, 12. So if you said, what kind of angel is Satan? What kind of angel is he? He's a cherub, okay? And he's an evil one. He's an evil one. Did you know that a cherub? Do you remember when um, Adam and Eve sinned and then God removed them from the garden? What did he do? How did he keep them from going back in the garden? He put an angel there with a flaming sword, and that angel was a cherubim. It was. The last one is a seraphim, okay? Uh, well, you're talking to the dyslexic guy, but I think it's S-E-R-A-P-H-I-M. I think. You could look it up somewhere, but they worship God. They're the ones that have the six wings. They're the ones that are saying, holy, holy, holy. They're the ones in Revelation chapter 4. They're the ones in Isaiah chapter 6. They're the, called the seraphim. So here, you know, here's what I picture. I picture there's an archangel. Then I picture there's these different classifications. And then there's these, these angels called cherubim, which seem to be ferocious and powerful. And then there's these angels called seraphim that appear to be more in the worship end of it because they're the ones always around the throne going, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And so seraphim seem to be around the throne praising God where these cherubim seem to be powerful type angels that, that, that the archangel, you know, who we don't know what kind of angel he is. He is an archangel, but is he a cherub? We don't know. But he is very powerful. And we know Satan is a cherub, and he's very powerful. So that's, when I look at it, then you're going to see them in the Bible, but they all look different than what we think angels look like. Okay, let's get to some names, okay, because we're almost through. Some names, when we look at some, there's not very many angels with names in the Bible. The first one is Michael. Michael. 
He's the archangel. You can write that down. I think he's probably the most powerful of all angels. He's, uh, we would say he's the greatest one. Uh, Daniel called him the defender of Israel. Jude verse 9, he disputes with the devil. We're going to see that one day in the future, he and Lucifer have a battle. Who wins? Michael wins. I think Michael is the strongest of all the angels. He's the leader of all the angels, and he's good. Okay? So one day he'll defeat Satan. Revelation 12, chapter 12, verse 7, he kicks Satan out of heaven, meaning he, Satan no longer has the right to come into the throne room or come to where God is. That's Revelation 12, verse 7. Michael. Okay? Y'all got it? How about the next angel? His name is Gabriel. When you think of Gabriel, what do you think of? Huh? That's what everybody said. Gabriel, come blow your horn. But Gabriel is actually the messenger angel. He's the one that's sent all the time. When Daniel had some visions, who was the angel that came to see him? Gabriel. When Mary got ready to have a baby, who came to see her? Gabriel. When Zacharias, which was John the Baptist's father, came to tell, somebody came to tell him that his son was going to be the forerunner of the Messiah, who came to see him? Gabriel. I mean, so Gabriel is like a messenger angel. He says he stands in the presence of God. And, you know, when you look at it, this same angel talked to Daniel, talked to Mary. And I guarantee you, if he chose to, he'd be in this room and talk to us. They, they don't age, they, li- they last forever. Okay? Just like you're going to last forever. Every human being lasts forever. Think about it. The Bible lasts forever, the flower fades. The grass dies, but the Word of God abides forever. Isaiah 40, verse 3. Every human being is going to last forever. Some are going to exist forever, separated from Jesus Christ, called the second death. That's the lake of fire. They will exist forever, separated from God. Others who have trusted in Christ will exist forever. With Jesus Christ, it's called eternal life. So human beings are going to last forever just like these beings. The third one is Lucifer. If Write down Isaiah 14, verse 12. Because he's called the son of the morning, the son of light. The Hebrew name actually means shining one. Isaiah 14, verse 12. We're going to look at more details on him later. He's found in Revelation. Listen to this. Let me read this for you. Revelation 20, verse 2. Listen to how he's described here. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He's got four names there. He's the dragon, the serpent, the devil, and Satan. So that's four names, but we can just call him Lucifer uh, because of the, the Old Testament word means the shining one. He's the fallen angel. Sin entered the whole universe through this being. The fourth one is going to be a little surprise. He's called the angel of Jehovah. The angel of Jehovah. And Jehovah, you can write it out this way. Y-H-W-H. Whoops, I'm not writing that very well. Anyway, uh, Y-H-W-H. That's Hebrew, going back this way. The, the, um, this is to believe, it's called, in the Old Testament, he's called Jeho- the angel of Jehovah. We're going to spend some time looking at this in next lesson or two, but it appears to be the pre-incarnate Christ. Here's a statement. All throughout the Old Testament, every now and then the angel, not an angel, but the angel of Jehovah appears. And every time he appears, it appears that he's God. After Jesus comes to the earth, the angel of Jehovah is never mentioned again. So most believe that the angel of Jehovah is the pre-incarnate Christ. Let me read something to you. This is in the book of Judges. There was a family in the book of Judges uh, that wanted a son. And they had been praying for a son. And an angel came. And in Judges uh, 13 verse 16, uh, Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, let me, because this angel appeared, came to the wife and said, you you know, I'm going to give you a child and all this sort of thing. And she said, just wait right here. I want to go get my husband. And she went to get him and by the time he came back, he was gone. And then the next time he appeared, they, they, they wanted to feed him and they said, what's your name? And he said, why do you want to know my name? And they said, cause. 
You know, we just want to know. And, and he said, my name is Wonderful. Who is it? And then he disappeared. And it says that he left. And the angel of the Lord said, uh, I won't eat your food and all this sort of thing. But when they started talking about it, Manoah said, we've seen God. We're going to die. And his wife is a lot smarter than he is because they have seen God. He said, we saw God and we're going to die. And she said, well, if he wanted to kill us, he'd already killed us. <laughs> he goes... Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, I guess so. I mean, you know, you know. So she's a lot smarter than he. She said, if he was desired to kill us, he'd have already done it. You know. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying the Trinity aspect of God, right? Is that what you're saying or asking? Okay. So the Father, the the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God in what? Three persons. One God in three persons. Which we can't comprehend it. We can believe it. We can't comprehend it. The Bible talks about it all the time. Tell me a time when you can see all three at the same time. Baptism of Jesus. Jesus is in the water, right? They pull him up out of the water. What comes down? Holy Spirit as a dove. And who says, this is my beloved son? It's the Father. When you do a baptism, what do you say? Jesus said, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the... Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, the Father is a spirit being. Is that correct? Is the Holy Spirit a spirit being? Yes. Is the Son a spirit being? He was until he left the glories of heaven. Galatians, when they, the, he became a human being. Philippians 2, when he became a human being. John 1, the Word became flesh. So from that point on, Jesus Christ is now God-man. And he has a body. And when he rose from the grave, he had a body and he's seated at the right hand of the throne does he have a body he does see now does the father have a body no does the holy spirit have a body no does the son have a body yes and so what most people believe is that this angel of the lord in the old testament was the pre-incarnate christ making appearances in fact some even say when adam and eve in the garden and it says in the cool of the evening they would hear the lord walking who do you think that might have been you know, okay, so is that the question or the point? Yeah, so I think they've all three always existed from all eternity. Now, there's some Bible teachers, John MacArthur, for a while, he changed. He taught for a while that Jesus did not become the Son of God until he became a human being. And then he realized how stupid that was, so he changed back. Okay, but there's people who look at that. Okay, so we'll, we'll get more detail on that. Let me give you the last thing because I know we're out of time. The specific des- special designations of angels. I'm just going to give them to you in the verses. We won't take the time. Number one, there are four angels at the four corners of the earth. Revelation chapter 7 verse 1. What are they doing? Do you know in that passage? They're holding back the what? They're holding back the wind. For some reason, until people get marked. But anyway, there's four angels there. Now, uh, uh, Revelation 7, 1. The, another one, number two, is there are angels that bring judgment in the tribulation. There are ones that blow trumpets. There are ones that, that Revelation chapter 8, verse 2. Revelation 15, chapter, uh, chapter 15, verse 1. So, Revelation 8, 2. Revelation 15, 1. There are seven angels that... Bring judgment. Revelation chapter 8 verse 2. Revelation 15 verse 1. They are angels that are listed that bring judgment. 8 verse 2 and 15 Yeah. Revelation chapter 8 verse 2. Revelation chapter 15 verse 1. Actually verse 7 as well. They're just all in that little section. The number 3 is the angel of the abyss. You remember I told you that? And, and this is just put Revelation 9, 11. Let me read this for you. What this angel is. I don't, I don't, you can ask who you think it is. You can actually think, who do you think this angel is? Listen to this. All these angels are going to come out and it says, they're coming up out of the ground. They look like scorpions. They sting. They have faces like people. They have hair like women. They, I mean, they got, they got this thing to come up and they got snake. Their tail comes up like a scorpion, but it's got a snake head on it. They're just, and they're biting people and everything. And it says they have a king over them, the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, which is in Greek, Apollyon, which means destroyer. He could be a bad angel, could be a good angel. I don't know. And when I say good angel, he could be used by God to bring judgment. And, and the judgment is on the unbelievers in this passage. 
And last but not least, number four, is the angels of the seven churches in the book of Revelation. That's Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Now, some people look at that and say, what do you mean, the angels? Let me read this to you. Revelation chapter 2, to the angel of the church at Ephesus write. What does that mean? What does the name angel mean? Messenger. Messenger. It could mean that he's writing to somebody in the church at Ephesus, and he calls them an angel. Now, Jesus is the one speaking here, so I don't know. Or it could be particular angels. We don't know. Churches. Yeah. Chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation. Hmm? What? Well, there's Ephesus and Smyrna and Thyatira and Philadelphia and Pergamon and uh, uh, Ephesus. Is la- oh, I already said that one, didn't I? Yeah. Mm. Do what? Philadelphia, yes. What does that mean? Phileo, love. Adelphi's brother. Brotherly love. That's why Philadelphia is called the city of brotherly love because the name means brotherly love. That's why you don't want to name your town Stinker or anything like that because it means Stinker, right? Okay. So what have we seen? The existence of angels created by God look like people. Sometimes don't look like people. Then they let fly and they, have, they fly and they have wings. They have eyes. They look weird. They have great power. They're in heaven and earth. They're under the earth. There's rank among angels. There's particular names among angels. So let me give you the two quick, two quick applications. Just have an understanding. Have a biblical understanding of angels. Don't just take what people say. Go to the scripture and dig it. Look at it. What does it say? What do they look like? What are the classifications? What are the names? Where do they live? What do they do? Are they good? Are they bad? How do they fit? We just barely gotten going. We've had two lessons. We just barely gotten going as far as what angels are like. But I just want you to begin to see that. Number two, realize we are in a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle. It's actually scary when you think about it. If we didn't have Jesus Christ and greater is he's in us than he's in the world and all this stuff, we'd be afraid to go out the door. But we've got God and he stands, he stands with us and we don't have to be afraid of anything. And we draw near to God and put on the armor of God and we don't have to be afraid of anything.